Hello, and welcome to The West Steps, a podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign where we explore the issues that matter for kids and families in Colorado. I'm Jackie Zubricki. If you are a working parent or had a working parent or know a working parent, you may have noticed that most schools' hours don't exactly line up with the hours of many jobs. That's especially true in the many Colorado school districts with four-day school weeks. During the pandemic, Colorado invested about 20 million of COVID relief dollars in out-of-school time programming, which supported 45 grantees and 60 programs across the state that worked with kids before or after school. But those dollars are running out, which means these programs face uncertain futures. And even with this investment, the supply isn't meeting the demand. Nearly 400,000 Colorado kids are on a wait list for out-of-school time programs. So what do we do about it? Our guests today, Mattia Shore from the Children's Campaign and Casey Hedrick from the Boys and Girls Club, argue that Colorado needs to make a long-term investment in high-quality, affordable out-of-school time programs. Other states have done this. Michigan recently announced a $50 million grant program for before and after-school programs. Let's hear from Maddie and Casey about how a state investment in out-of-school time can make a big difference for kids and families. We have two great guests here today to talk about the importance of out-of-school time and some efforts to get more funding for it this year. And uh, let's kick it off with some introductions. Maddie, can you introduce yourself and then pass it along to Casey? Absolutely. Thanks, Jackie. I'm Maddie Ashore. I am the Director of Youth Success Policy at the Colorado Children's Campaign. And hello, everybody. My name is Casey Hedrick. I get to serve as the Executive Director for the Boys and Girls Clubs in Colorado. Great. Well, we're so happy that you can be here today to talk about this important topic. And uh, before we kind of launch into the policy stuff, Casey, I'm wondering if you can tell us about um, any experience you've had with out-of-school time programming that's been really inspiring to you or personal experiences that, that you've had just to help set the scene about what we're even talking about here. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jackie. I love this question. Um, I've been with Boys and Girls Clubs for about 15 years, and I've got to see a lot of different uh, viewpoints or vantage points on the impact of a great and high quality out of school program. Um, I've seen other ones as well, but for the purposes of this conversation, I'll talk about specifically Boys and Girls Clubs. So I think one of the fundamental amazing things of a great out of school program is it takes young people where they are that day right? And so the end of the day, three o'clock happens, kids are funneling into a building and they have had a great experience or maybe they had a challenging day or maybe they are hungry or maybe they're worried about an upcoming test or assignment that they have to work on. And a great out-of-school program like a Boys and Girls Club absorbs that and they help to fill in any kind of need that that young person has that day. So if you're hungry, we got snacks. And if you need some help with the test or working on an assignment, we've got homework help. If you want to go play in the gym with your friends, we can do that too. So I think, you know, I've seen that day in and day out for nearly 15 years. And every, every time it's done a little bit different, but core to it is incredible relationships with young people and their adults, uh, the adult mentor or tutor, or just incredible youth development professional that they're working with that helps give the young person just the resources or the encouragement that they need to have 
uh, a great day at school the next day, a great time at home, a great summer, if that's what it is. And so that has become ingrained in me. And, and, it, and it often is deeply personal because we see young people, you know, have somebody that believes in them or we see young people become more successful academically or we might see young people make really positive choices and uh, maybe they're making those choices despite circumstances that can be potentially challenging. So um, it's an incredible um, environment, a high quality out of school program. And um, again, uh, I've seen it just specifically from the Boys and Girls Club lens, but it's deep, I think deeply personal to both the staff and, and to the kids and to the families um, that have their kids go there day to day. That gave me so many memories of myself at the end of the day or young people at the end of the day when I was teaching and that kind of sigh of relief, <laughs> you know, like, okay, something different, something new. So I love that description of a place that will take you with whatever happened that day. Um, and right now you are hoping to secure more funding for out-of-school programming from the legislature this session. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that? Yeah, we have been um, for the past a few years exploring the idea of what would it look like to have funding from the state that's available to support these high quality comprehensive and out of school programs and so those are kind of key terms that we've we've tried to narrow our focus because the out of school environment can be a wild wide, uh, wide open gamut of of opportunities for kids where we're kind of zeroing in is that comprehensive, high quality and affordable um, lane and specifically specifically looking at those things at the state legislature. The reason for that is because there's not a, a tremendous amount of funding in the state of Colorado for these types of programs. Um, there's a few grant opportunities that are through the Department of Human Services or the uh, Department of Education. Those funding opportunities are always time bound. And oftentimes programs might lose out on funding after the grant program ends and therefore be left with, um, you know, trying to figure out how to maintain services to kids and families while running great programs. And so we envision um, a piece of legislation that can be can help with that, that can create hopefully a sustainable funding model for these types of programs in Colorado. We've mapped this um, and looked at other states, and a lot of other states are making big investments in these types of out-of-school programs. So we believe that here in Colorado, we need to zero in on that too, because we want to make sure that every child in the state, especially maybe some of our more vulnerable populations, have access to a great out-of-school experience. Maddie, I think you have some data about current access to out-of-school time programming and what's going on right now. Can you share a little bit about the current state of funding and access? Absolutely. Thanks, Jackie. So right now, funding for out-of-school and after-school programming in Colorado just doesn't meet the demand or the need for these programs. So right now, there are about 83,000 youth participating in out-of-school and after-school programming, and that's about 10% of our entire K-12 population. But for every one youth in a program, there are five on a waiting list. So that means that there are more than 398,000 families in Colorado that are unable to access after-school programming due to availability, cost, or transportation issues. And Casey, I wonder when you, you spoke to this a little bit in your answer, but when we're talking about out-of-school time programming, is this every extracurricular activity a kid might participate in, or are we talking about a specific set of 
programs that would potentially get get funding. Right. No, we are pretty zeroed in to those qualifiers that I had mentioned. So that's high quality, comprehensive, and affordable. Just to give you a little bit of snip um, or definition around those. When we think about comprehensive, these are programs that are open every day after school, especially in, in districts that are maybe four-day school weeks. These uh, programs are operating on that fifth day. They're also providing summer programs because we know that when young people don't have access to these types of, of safe places, then they are more likely to fall behind academically or potentially engage in risky behavior. From a high quality standpoint, we want to make sure that that environment, that out of school environment is full of enrichment activities that help and support kids academically, that provide them with additional education um, as it relates to maybe what they want to do in their career as they as they grow up, that give them access to developing healthy habits from diet and exercise. And um, that's fun. That's a really good place for them to make good connections. And it's just a very enjoyable place to be. And then finally, from that affordable standpoint, again, when we think about this legislation, we really want it to be zeroed in on families who might not have access. And affordability is a huge barrier for families to get access to out-of-school care. And a lot of times, as kids age, families are forced to make really hard decisions. And so that hard decision might be, well, my 10, 11, 12-year-old is old enough to be home alone for a couple hours while I finish work. And despite parents not wanting to do that, they might not be able to afford any other option. So we want this legislation to support programs that are offering a very affordable rate for high quality out of school. And so that might be a rate that's based on income. That might be a one-time fee. Uh, again, I'll give you an example, Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, just here, even in Denver, they charge $2 per family per year. So it's incredibly affordable. But as you can imagine, their cost to provide this is significantly higher. Interesting. I want to, you mentioned four-day school weeks, and I think some of our listeners may know, but more than half of school districts in Colorado actually have a four-day school week right now, if I'm recalling correctly, right? Um, so right. this is actually a, a lot of rural kids who might get access to um, programs. Can you talk about why why that might be helpful? Yeah, I mean, when we think about young people and the availability for them to have a safe place to go, access food, be connected or supported socially and emotionally, um, districts that are operating four-day school weeks, um, that leaves a pretty big gap, right? So there's an entire day that those kids might not have access to those things I just mentioned. More so, these are parents that they've got to work. Their employer right. isn't necessarily making that that transition to four-day work weeks, right? And so, again, it's putting families in really difficult positions to either have to leave their kids alone or work through the friends and family network, which can sometimes be difficult. Um, and, you know, more importantly, those types of things don't always give the kids enrichment uh, to the types of supports that out of school programming can do. And so I think this is incredibly important uh, for them to have access to something like this. Yeah. Maddie, I know that there, so some of this is what Casey's been laying out, but there's research on why out-of-school programming matters for um, kids, for communities. What should we know about 
um, about the importance of out of school time programming? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, and just to sort of put a finer data point on some of the um, points that Casey was making. So we know that out of school time programming improves academic achievement. Um, so a study that was done on Colorado 21st century learning centers. So these are um, after school and out of school options that are funded by the federal government. Um, in those particular programs, 47% of pers- participating students improved their scores on statewide assessments. So that's a that's a big leap, right? Almost 50%. 57% improved their GPA, 68% improved attendance, and 83% improved their school engagement. So that's a pretty high success rate in the academic achievement space. We also know that... Um, giving students access to out-of-school and after-school programming does help close achievement gaps, which is a problem that we have been working on in Colorado for a long time. So when after-school participation is highly consistent, um, research shows that there's no gap between low-income and high-income children's math achievement, and that is not usually the case. We usually see a pretty big gap um, between those two groups of students. Um, There's data about how After-school and summer programming promotes physical and mental health. Um, There's data about how it reduces juvenile delinquency. So um, as as Casey mentioned, you know, there are an estimated 145,000 school-aged children in Colorado who are alone and unsupervised during the hours of 3 and 6 p.m. And those just happen to be the hours in which juvenile crime rates and experimentation with substance um, or substances are the highest. Um, We also know that this... Programming supports working families, as Casey mentioned. Um, Parent survey results from the After School Alliance's America After 3 p.m. report um, show us firsthand that the outcomes of comprehensive quality out-of-school time programming um, and 72% of parents agree that these programs are helping their children stay safe and out of trouble, which in turn helps working parents keep their jobs. Um, And that's really just a sampling. There's been so much research on the importance of after-school and out-of-school programming. Um, there really is a great research consensus and research base to make the case for this option for kiddos. So if you're able to get this funding this session, what would you hope the outcomes would be? What do you imagine we'd be seeing a year from now, five years from now, uh, in terms of programming across the state or what's happening for kids and families? Absolutely. Um, So for this legislative session and and this particular effort, um, we're hoping that we can avoid the closure of some of the after-school and out-of-school programming that was funded by stimulus dollars. Um, There are, there's a big pot of -of out-of-school time dollars that will expire or run out in June. Um, So we'd love to make sure that Um, If we do identify additional funding this legislative session, that we can protect those programs and make sure that those kids can continue to participate in the programs that work for them. Um, I do hope that if we did make out-of-school time programming available to every kiddo, that in five years we'd see rippling positive effects like across the K-12 education system. Um, I think we'd see things like reduced absenteeism rates, improved academic achievement in both math and literacy, and improved school climate. In short, I think that we would see more joy, more students enjoying going to school and feeling like a part of a community that they can grow in and learn from and just enjoy. Yeah, I love that. Casey, is there anything you would add? Yeah, I think 
you know, Maddie it put that perfectly and so succinctly. And I guess just to reiterate, the young people in Colorado need more support than maybe ever before, right? You know, we the children's campaign in particular through the Kids Count Report is producing incredible data as it relates to the needs of young people from a mental health perspective, from a support perspective, you're looking at families and the impacts of poverty. You're looking at youth violence. You know, you're looking at um, academic achievement. And out-of-school programs can be such a critical part of the solution for these things. And we know that there is a large ecosystem of folks working on all of those critical issues. And I think that we would be remiss if out-of-school supports are not a part of that ecosystem. And as it stands right now, from a funding perspective, it's really difficult for out-of-school programs to be there. And I think, again, you know, when we look to the pandemic, you saw so many out-of-school programs, including Boys and Girls Clubs, that opened their doors and said, we know that there are young people that cannot stay home alone. We're going to open our doors to make sure that they have a place to go. So as we start to tackle and continue to tackle these critical issues that are impacting Colorado's youth, I think that we've got to make sure that those out-of-school partners are shoulder to shoulder with everybody and a part of this ecosystem uh, to work together. So Casey, I am wondering what's next for this effort you talked about to more permanently fund out-of-school time in Colorado. Uh, How can people follow along? What are you hoping is going to happen over the next few months? Yeah. So this is a long-term strategy, and this session is just one step of many that we'd like to take in the out-of-school community to further our ability to serve young people and their families. As it relates to this legislative session, we are working closely um, with a number of legislators that are very passionate about this issue and that want to put something forward to help support out-of-school programs. And in addition to that, we've assembled a small but mighty um, out-of-school coalition that I believe will grow in the months and years to come um, that are also equally as passionate about um, this issue. So what we're hopeful for this year or what next steps would be this legislative session is to work with those legislatures that are deeply passionate about this, um, potentially put a draft or excuse me, put a bill out there. Um, We are working on draft language now um, and working on timing and, you know, and the strategy behind that of what makes the most sense. But I think, again, this is we know that this legislative session is not our silver bullet, right? Like we know that there is much more to come if we want to truly invest in these critical programs and opportunities for kids. So I think what's exciting is that as this coalition continues to work together and get wider and bigger and stronger, we will have more things to come in future legislative sessions. Great. Well, we'll, we'll, we will look forward to seeing what happens this year and in the future. And I really appreciate both of you taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having us, Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you for joining us for The West Steps. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, send us an email at media at coloradokids.org. The West Steps and the rest of the children's campaign's work is possible thanks to our philanthropic funders and our generous sponsors and donors. You can support our work by visiting coloradokids.org. The West Steps is a production of the Colorado Children's Campaign. It was created by Beza Tedes. Our theme music is by Trenton White. Our producer is John Wojcik, and I'm your host, Jackie Zabricki. 
Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.